welcome back to the Daily Devotion. My name is Kevin. I'm the pastor of Christ Church Conway, a congregation of the Presbyterian Church in America here in Conway, Arkansas. The Daily Devotion is a time for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. It's Wednesday, which means it's Westminster Wednesday here at the Daily Devotion, and so we're taking a break from the book of Galatians to look at the Westminster Confession. Each week we take a section of the Confession and work through what it has to say. For those that don't know, the Westminster Confession of Faith is the Confession of Faith of the Presbyterian Church in America, and it's simply a summary of what the Bible teaches. It's a very good summary of what the Bible teaches. It consists of three parts, the confession of faith itself, the larger catechism, which is a series of questions and answers, and the shorter catechism, which is a a less detailed series of questions and answers designed to help students of theology learn what they believe and why. We're looking at the confession of faith part, just the the statement, and we're up to chapter 3, paragraph 6. Chapter 3, paragraph 6. Chapter 3 of the Confession of Faith deals with the decrees of God, and we've been looking at these, what are considered by many and even by those who followed Christ in John 6, to be a difficult doctrine. It's this idea that God is actually sovereign, that he has actually decreed whatsoever comes to pass, that he is actually in control of all things up to and including our salvation. This runs a foul to many of our philosophical concepts of the freedom of man. The confession affirms the free will of man, but it also affirms that our will is bound by our nature, which is dead and locked up in sin. So if we are to be saved, something outside of us must act. The good news that Scripture presents is that God has done just that, that he decreed our salvation from before the foundations of the earth. And the Westminster Divines, those are the the folks that wrote the Westminster Confession, they dive into this in this chapter known as the Decree of God, in Westminster Confession chapter 3, and in paragraph uh, 7, or I'm sorry, paragraph 6, they begin, or they continue expounding this doctrine So let me pray for us, and then I'll read what it is that they write, and we'll spend a few minutes thinking about it. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that you would, as we look at this faithful summary of your word, that you would give your spirit even in this, that we might understand who you are and how you are. We ask that you would direct our minds by your spirit, that we might put off our commitments to earthly philosophies, and set our mind wholly on who you are, who you have revealed yourself to be, that we might know you, that we might worship you rightly. We thank you for these faithful summaries of what your word teaches, like the Confession of Faith and the Nicene Creed and many others. We thank you that you have sent godly men to teach your people who you are. Help us now to understand, we ask. In Christ's name, amen. Westminster Confession of Faith 3.6 says this, As God hath appointed the elect unto glory, so hath he, by the eternal and most free purpose of his will, foreordained all the means thereunto. Wherefore, they who are elected, being fallen in Adam, and redeemed by Christ, are redeemed by Christ, are effectually called unto faith in Christ by his spirit working in due season, are justified, adopted, sanctified, and kept by his power through faith unto salvation, 
Neither are any other redeemed by Christ, effectually called, justified, adopted, sanctified, and saved, but the elect only. Well, this is what we have before us. This is what we're looking at. And here, there's kind of three sections to this. There are three sentences that they give us. The first deals with what it is that God has done. Just as he has appointed the elect under glory, we talked about that in chapter 3, paragraph 5, so hath he, and then he reminds us that he is working by his eternal and most free purpose of his will. So God is not bound by something outside of him to do any of this. He is acting only according to his will and, and completely freely, therefore. And in, in acting that way, just as he appointed the elect unto glory, so also has he foreordained all the means thereunto. In other words, just as God has elected the end for his people, salvation for his people, he has also elected how it is that that comes about. In other words, the means of salvation aren't up for debate. It's not us who has to figure out how to get people there. God has ordained the end as well as the means. And so when we read in Scripture that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, we don't have to doubt that preaching the word of God, that proclaiming the gospel, will in fact work faith in people. Because God has foreordained the means to bring his people to glory. And he has told us those means in Scripture those means of grace are word, prayer, and sacrament. And by these means, he says, this is what's going to happen. Wherefore, in other words, by the means that he has foreordained, they who are elected, then he reminds us, being fallen in Adam, they're dead in their sin. They need someone outside to act on them. They need someone to fulfill these promises to crush the head of the serpent that were made to Adam. By these means, those who are elected are redeemed by Christ through the preaching of the word, through the administration of the sacraments. We are redeemed by Christ. We are effectually called unto faith in Christ by his spirit working in due season. We are justified, adopted, sanctified, and kept by his power through faith unto salvation. So, the means that God has established first are the work of Jesus Christ, whereby our redemption was accomplished. And this being announced to us, we turn in faith to Christ and so have that redemption applied to us. Through the proclamation of the gospel, we are effectually called unto faith in Christ. How? By his spirit working. See, everything about redemption, everything about our salvation, everything about this is the work of the triune God. The Father has decreed all things, both including the end, our redemption, and the means whereby we, we would be redeemed, sending his Son to die in our place, giving his spirit, pouring out his spirit with the Son to apply to us the finished work of Christ, to give us ears to hear, to work faith in us by the proclamation of the word of God. And 
so we are justified, so we are adopted, so we are sanctified, and so we are kept. All of those things are justification, the work of God, through the means he has appointed. Our adoption, the work of God, through the means he has appointed. Our sanctification, the word of God, through the means he has appointed. Our, our being kept, our, our perseverance, our preservation, the work of God through the means he has appointed. All of these things we are told are done, are accomplished by his power through faith unto salvation. Those three prepositional phrases help us understand that it's God's power at work in us through the instrument of faith for the purpose, for the goal of our salvation. God has ordained the means by which he will do all these things. This should give us just unbelievable confidence not because not not an arrogant kind of confidence but 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 a comforting kind of confidence because we realize it's not up to me to save myself it's not up to me to keep myself it's not up to me to sanctify myself it's not up to me to get it all so right as a minister of the gospel that somehow I get the means just right or, or use the means or come up with the means so that the church grows and people are saved. This is all in God's hand. Do I need to faithfully preach the word? Of course. Of course. But God will have his people. He has ordained not only that some be saved, but also how they will be saved. So it doesn't depend on me. It depends on him. The divines then add, neither are any other redeemed by Christ, effectually called, justified, adopted, sanctified, and saved, but the elect only. There is a set group of people for whom God has ordained redemption. This is not an easy doctrine. I understand that but it's a thoroughly biblical one. And so it challenges at this point, are we going to demand of God a doctrine that is more palatable to our way of thinking, our concepts of fairness, our concepts of equity, our concepts of justice, our concepts of of equality, or are we going to be satisfied with God as he is? Are we going to look to him as he is in faith, realizing that if we are by faith resting in Christ, that is, if we are counted among the elect, it is only by his grace and nothing else. He was in no way bound to decree redemption for us, but he has. And ought we not then walk in eternal gratitude for the salvation we have in Christ? Might we learn to rest in these glorious truths. Amen. Amen.